Happy Halloween, everybody. You're listening to The Soundtrack, a podcast discussing film, television, and video game music with the fans, geeks, and super freaks. Hey, how's it going? It's your host, Zach Demas. I got a very special Halloween episode for you this month. And uh, I got my boy Jonathan Zimney back on. Uh, You might remember him from the first episode. Uh, He's back, and we're just going to talk about some of our favorite um, kind of scary movie and and, uh, Halloween-related movie soundtracks and, and songs. Uh, so that'll be fun. That'll just be kind of a fun little uh, discussion. And um, But before that, I'm going to actually see if I can dive into uh, the, the soundtrack from a movie that I've actually, I, I, I will admit, I've never watched uh, all the way through in one sitting. Um, but I do enjoy the music, and I know it's a, uh, like the, this movie is like the pinnacle of Halloween. You know, even though it's such an old movie, you still, uh, it, it's still very popular, and uh and that's The Nightmare Before Christmas. So I'm going to uh, take a closer look at the music from that and see just what makes it so good. So uh, hope you're uh, hope you're ready for a good uh, Halloween-related episode. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get started. Uh, I just want to make a quick announcement uh, related to this podcast. I think over the next few episodes here, uh, I want to do kind of like a broken-up list over the next few episodes of my favorite um I don't know, like five or somewhere between my five and ten favorite music-related YouTube channels, um, because a lot of my inspiration really uh, comes from, you know, uh, creators, you know, just like you and me uh, on YouTube that just, you know, uh, they just really inspire me, and uh, so I want to kind of share some of their work, uh, not not without their permission, obviously, but I just want to talk about them a little bit and kind of, you know, boost them up. Um, just to give them some exposure as well, because I, uh, I feel like they really deserve it. Um, so over the next few episodes, I'm going to try to talk about some of my favorite YouTube episodes. Uh, and then uh, what else is there? Oh, um, I kind of am starting a, a doing, I've started doing album reviews um, through uh, this website of, uh, that Kevin Ruby, who I think was on my uh, second episode, uh, talking about Pokemon with me, he's kind of starting a an album review website for for indie bands. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, musicians that are uh, you know uh, release their own albums or are on independent labels, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we're I'm I'm kind of a contributor to his uh, his album review site. So I think I don't I don't know much about it yet. It's his vision, uh, and he'll probably talk about it when he comes on. But uh, that's just kind of a cool thing we got in the works. We're going to start talking about, you know, um, in indie music and, and a lot of musicians that, you know, really kind of similar to YouTube, you know, these independent creators on YouTube. Uh, all the, There's all these, you know, I- indie bands that, out there that, that make great music and uh, I feel like the world needs to know about, uh, you know. So it's just kind of a cool thing. Uh, Kevin will probably talk about it. It's kind of still in the works. I don't know. It's maybe a month or two away from kind of being launched but we're kind of already working on uh reviewing some albums and checking some stuff out so yeah i'm pretty excited about it actually um it should be a cool thing it's uh it's indie music parade as it as it stands right now i don't know if he'll want to change the name or anything but uh indie music parade is what is what it's called um and so be looking out for that i'll i'll keep you guys updated about that but uh all right on to the halloween madness <laughs> Okay, so for those of you that might not know, um, Danny Elfman is the composer of all the music in The Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, he's also uh, the singing voice of Jack Skellington, the main character. 
And so Danny Elfman, you you could kind of think of it as a trifecta of film composers. Danny Elfman, John Williams, and Hans Zimmer are kind of the three composers that uh, everybody knows, or most people probably know, um, that do uh, film soundtracks. And Danny Elfman's done uh, quite a variety of uh, projects. He's done a lot of, you know, uh, little kids stuff. Uh, he's worked with Tim Burton on several occasions, I think. Uh, um, he's also the composer... Uh, for the music in Corpse Bride. Uh, so, yeah, he's just done a lot of different stuff. And I think this might be, The Nightmare Before Christmas might actually be um, Danny Elfman's best work, in my opinion, at least from a writing standpoint. Um, he's got a nice voice as well, and we'll get into that. But uh, I just think the, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas has just such a unique feel to it, um, not just a Tim Burton feel, but just a very um, unique um even for Danny Elfman, I think. So uh, I think this is just kind of a classic soundtrack, um, particularly uh, with the first track. Everybody um, could probably sing the uh, the the opening tune in the movie. Um, so uh, so yeah. So this is going to be a little bit tricky at first because um, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna be uh, jumping back and forth between tunes rather than going straight through uh, the the soundtrack in order because I haven't really done a uh, a full analysis of one soundtrack yet. So I'm going to try to fit in as much music as I can, but maybe focusing on maybe one or two really uh, uh, of the best songs that I think are in the movie and then maybe one of like the worst song, I think. Um, not that any of them are really bad, but um, some that uh, maybe the the one song that I feel just misses the mark and I'll kind of explain why. But uh, uh, yeah, so just bear with me. I'm going to I'm going to see how uh, well I do at this here. Um, but I do actually, uh, I want to start with uh, the first song in the movie, um, This Is Halloween, uh, just because it's the uh, most iconic song in the movie and probably one of the most iconic Halloween songs of all time. Um, all right, so this is The Nightmare Before Christmas by Danny Elfman. This Is Halloween is uh, such a strong opener for this movie um, it's probably why it's such an iconic Halloween song um, but it's just uh, it's such a strong opener because it does so many things right that uh, it establishes the, like the, the the style the musical style um, it, it really establishes this uh, this whole world uh, this story um, but most importantly this song uh, in my mind the most important thing is it establishes the characters and uh, and more specifically, it is establishes the character of Jack Skellington um, because he is the main character and he is a, such an iconic Halloween figure, you know. And what this song does, it just brings him it just brings him into the movie in the most Halloween way you could possibly introduce a character. Just um, uh, I, I don't I can't think of a better way they could have brought this character um, into the story. And, you know, uh, because. Th this song just really establishes his character. It just gives him this grand entrance, which is what you really want. Um, it It's just the song is so inviting in such a creepy way, you know. Um, but you really just get a you, you really get a feel for um, this Halloween town that they live in right away. And even though Jack Skellington doesn't appear until like the very end of the song, that's what's great about it, though. He doesn't come into the very end. Um, even though he's the main character, he, you know, um, at the at the very end of the song, man, he just comes out of the ooze. 
Um, and that's, you know, and that's him, you know, you don't have, you don't really need to say anymore. Like he's the pumpkin King. Like he is, he is the main character in this. So it's just, uh, the song in so many ways, it just does so many things, right. But, uh, none bigger than establishing the characters. So, and so, yeah, the establishment of Jack's character is great, but also the, the, the rest of the, the characters in this town, um, they're all creepy and they all have their different they all have their different qualities that, that make them scary, make them, you know, they just fit this world so well. Um, but it, it's in, in a little bit of a comical way too. It's, uh, it's humorous. It's not just like terrifying. Um, like there's a lot of humor uh, involved in this. And so you really get a sense of, um, really the, the vibe of this movie and like f- between the music and the way the characters are acting, um, and even just the way the characters look, uh, and the way they, you know, describe themselves throughout this song is just, uh, very, very creepy. It just, it all, it, it all is very cohesive. Um, you just really get a sense like it's, like it's playful. It's, um, um, it's imaginative. It's not just, um, it doesn't weird you out. Like maybe some other Tim Burton movies might, um, it just it brings everything together in um, such a complete way, and all these characters, the way they sing their lines, and there's a lot of like very high, um, a lot of high voices, and then a lot of low voices. You know, really um, punctuating and and emphasizing um, these lines and these lyrics. Um, that's that to me is what makes this is Halloween great. Is just the establishment of all these characters in this Halloween and how they fit into this whole town, not just the town itself, um, but how these characters fit. Because we we identify with characters, we don't identify with settings as much, you know. Unless maybe you're watching a movie set in New York and you live in New York. I don't know. It would, it would be kind of fun. Uh, I know it'd be fun for me, you know, being from Denver. If I saw, you know a big uh, blockbuster movie filmed, uh, part of the movie was filmed in Denver, I'd be like, oh man, that's awesome. Uh, I know exactly where that is. But uh, yeah, so a a lot of movies are made in New York and LA, so it might not be as cool to you if you live there, but um, it's cool to me anyway. Uh, But I digress. Okay, so we've talked about a great introductory uh, piece of music for the the whole movie. Um, But speaking of introductions, I think uh, what this... Uh, soundtrack really does well throughout the entire movie is that each uh, each song in the movie has a great intro in that the um, the underscore takes a lot of time uh, and like really preps the listener for the song that's about to happen um, like the the underscore like kind of seamlessly gives way uh, to the song and it's it's just a really interesting uh, concept, and it happens a lot. Um, two songs in particular that I think the the underscore um, really leads well and and kind of gets you into the song is on Jack's Lament, uh, and then later in the song Kidnap the Sandy Claws. Those are the two times I think that um, the underscore and how how the songs kind of and how the intros kind of happen because they aren't very obvious song intros. They kind of, the song just kind of starts when it starts, but there's like a long underscore leading up to, um, leading up to the actual song. In fact, just listen to, um, uh, just listen to the underscore in, uh, Jack's lament. It, it takes a very long time to get into the song, but you're not really paying attention to the music. It just kind of happens. And you don't really realize that the, the, this underscore is actually giving way to, the song it's 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 leading you up to the song it's not just kind of randomly placed it's like very specifically used listen to how long it takes to get 
from the initial like underscore into the actual song itself. See, it's such an interesting technique, um, and it's well utilized, especially pre uh, especially because um, this is the first conflict that we have in the movie. I think it's, uh, or it seems to me, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, but it seems to me that you know, in this, you know, if we graph out the, uh, if we graph out the movie in terms of plot and and uh, uh, content, everything that happens, um, this this is the this song kind of is introduces the problem to us that's that occurs in this movie uh that jack is not happy you know um he's the pumpkin king and everything's great but you know he just feels like there's something missing in his life you know um so uh and you can clearly see that in the song but the way that it leads you into that like he, he's you know he's mopey he's he's kind of depressed you know and you can really start to see that um he, this character has feelings and this this underscore that kind of supports him as he's you know um, he's by himself and he's you know he's he's in kind of in solitude. Uh, so you really at this moment get it, you really see this 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 song really captures uh, Jack's character um, and how dynamic he is. So what this music does is it really just gets you into that mindset and it does so in a very it's very drawn out so uh it just gives you a lot of time to get ready for that song um so you as a as a viewer and as a listener are not like totally surprised by the fact that uh this character has different dimensions like it's just very seamless i think the it's just a very strong transition i think in a way um, so this is just a very cleverly used technique um, that gets you ready for the song, even if it's not an exciting song, uh, like This Is Halloween is like a very, you know, boisterous opening number. Uh, but then you've got, you know, these more ballad-like songs that, that need good intros as well. Um, and I think this, this, one of, this song in particular is very successful with that. I'm the master of fright and a demon of light, and I'll scare you right out of your pants. Kidnap the Sandy Claws is, is the other song in this soundtrack that I feel really does a great job of uh, a seamless introduction into, into the actual song itself. Um, and this one's a little bit shorter than Jack's Lament, um, which kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, because you know this song, it, this song is very different from Jack's Lament, um, and doesn't really need that much of an intro. I don't think this song is also quite as important. It's important to the plot, but it's not Im as important to uh, any sort of character development. So I don't think it needs to be a long introduction. Um, but it's very well scored, and it's just very simple, like pizzicato strings. You know, uh, like plucked. If you don't know what pizzicato means. Uh, it's like plucked strings. They're just uh, the strings are just plucking, and then there's this this kind of flowing harp uh, line that happens right after that. Um, it, it's just very flowing. Like there's a good flow to it, and uh, a, but uh, I think it works so well um, in this song too. Even though it's shorter, is it's still just as seamless of a transition into the song. Like you almost don't realize that a song is about to happen uh, unless 
you are it is a very musical um, movie so I guess you know if it's anything if it's like watching like a stage play uh, a stage musical you might might be expecting a song to happen it's like oh gee we haven't had a song in a while <laughs> um, maybe that's the case I don't know but uh, to me it's still very seamless and you don't really realize it's happening um, it's just a very simple underscore but it's just as effective in getting you into the song um, it's very mischievous it's uh, you know that kind of thing um, it really just sets you up well it, and, and it doesn't take a lot what's amazing is Danny Elfman didn't really do a lot to uh, make that happen it just kind of you know some simple strings and then harp and then and then boom you're pretty much into the song uh, they just kind of they just kind of go with it. It's really interesting how it's it's not very obvious that that even though there's a lot of music in this movie, it's not very obvious when the songs start. It just kind of happens, and I think that's why it's so cool. Is that this movie? It just seems so real. Like it doesn't seem forced. Like everything seems totally natural. You know. Um, so that's why I think between Kidnap the Sandy Claws. And uh, and Jack's Lament, you th those are two really strong, um, kind of you know more getting into the movie, but still like very strong introductions. Uh, so like the the underscore and the actual songs just really blend together very well, and uh, uh, that's another reason uh, why I think this uh, movie has such great music in it. <laughs> Okay, now I want to get into um, what I think is the best thing about this movie, but also the worst thing about this movie at the same time, and I'll explain why. But it's actually um, Danny Elfman singing. I want to talk about the, the vocals in this, particularly from uh, Danny Elfman uh, as Jack's, uh, Jack's singing voice. And it's, it's not that... Uh, Danny Elfman does a poor job of of singing in this. In fact, it's it's really the opposite. He's he he does very he does a very nice job uh, as Jack's singing voice. Um, but I just don't think his singing is is quite as good. Or it doesn't really match um, the 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 voice casting, which was very good. Um, I think Chris Sarandon did the voice, the speaking voice of Jack Skellington. And there's just a little bit of a disconnect in certain places. Um, but they're kind of critical places that these um, these two voices don't really match up, and and there's just a there's certain times where where Jack Skellington's uh, the the vocals don't really make sense. Okay, so let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about here. So um, this movie, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is called The Nightmare Before Christmas, right? So. There, there's to me in my mind. There's two aspects to this movie that you really have to focus on when it comes to music. Um, there's the nightmare, and then there's the Christmas. So, like the nightmare is like the Halloween. So, like parts of this movie take place in the Halloween town, uh, in the Halloween land, and then and then there's a little bit that takes place in Christmas in the in the Christmas town. So, there needs to be some uh, like a connection between these two these two different aspects of the movie because like it's it's one concept you know um and i feel like what happens is in in terms of jack skellington's sound in danny elfman's singing voice uh i think his style just kind of gets lost between when he's singing kind of the hallow more halloween the darker songs versus when he goes and he sings the uh the brighter like christmas songs and when he discovers the uh the christmas town so um the two songs I want to look at here are 
Jack's Lament again. We'll go back to Jack's Lament and compare that to his uh, Danny Elfman's vocal approach to uh, What's This, which I, I think happens a couple of numbers later. It's a couple of songs later in the movie. Okay, so going back to Jack's Lament, we already know that there's a great intro that builds into um, this song. And then once uh, Jack Skellington starts singing, you know, it's just you're already really ready for this. Um, it's really a beautiful piece of music. And then when Danny Elfman starts singing, when when Jack comes in and starts singing, um, it's just it's gorgeous. Like, it's just really great, um, a really great performance. And it's it's really great because of how he uses his voice there's some like there's some very quick transitions and some uh some changes between uh, like kind of spoken word lines and then he'll sing a little bit so like he goes from uh like tonal to atonal a little bit and so i think that it has so much character that way like you really bring he really brings his character to life just in this one song um it's it's slow it's it's um you know, it's a lament, so it's it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be dark, and so really it just all fits perfectly. You've got like this very dark character, um, but that has, it's a deep character, but, but you know, just generally a dark character, um, you know, singing about how he is, you know, not satisfied with uh, his current situation. Uh, but then a couple of songs later when he discovers uh, Christmas, and he sings this song about Christmas, like his observations of this of this completely different world. I just feel like his sound, he just sounds the same. Like Danny Elfman uses kind of the same approach to the Christmas song, and it just doesn't come across. It just sounds really forced, and it's just really uh, kind of cheesy in a way. And so here's the thing. When you're writing a piece of music, naturally, you know, uh, Happier songs like the Christmas songs will tend to be like major keys um, if you're not a musician. Um, like we tend to think of like happier, um, happier songs being in like a major key and then uh, like darker songs in a minor key. And the reason why I don't say like sad, I don't want to use the word sad when I talk about minor because I think minor uh, in music has a lot of very different meanings. I think, uh, well, major does too with happy. Major doesn't always necessarily mean happy, I guess, but um, generally that's what that's kind of how you think of it. But in terms of minor, uh, there's different shades of darkness, you know, that you can uh, that you can tap into with different kinds of minor scales. There's uh, lots of different minor scales in music theory. So generally, you have a lot more to play around with on the the darker side of music. Um, and so, and the same goes with the vocals, like your vocals kind of have to follow suit. And what happens is he does a really great job of going low and then coming up hot, you know, like there's a lot of expression to everything. Um, there's a lot of motion. It's not very stagnant at all when he sings, uh, Jack's Lament. But then when he gets to the Christmas song, what's this? He just, everything sounds very up high and he sounds like he's pushing a lot Maybe the song's just not in the right key or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not Danny Elfman. I'm sure he's the expert, not me. But it just sounds like everything's just really forced and really high, and it just sounds like he's trying so hard to get the the happiness to come out. And in a way, it kind of would be a logical approach because you know he's not used to feeling this way. But I just feel like he, uh, Danny Elfman, comes off too forced. I don't feel like Jack Skellington is forcing this emotion because he's supposed to be just like delightfully surprised by what he's seeing. I, I, and that's the sense I get from this song. What's this, which by the way, I don't think is the strongest song in this m soundtrack uh, in this movie to begin with anyway. 
but the just the the approach is too similar between the two songs like he sounds very great on on the dark minor stuff but then when it gets in kind of the major happy christmas stuff it just kind of loses its um it just loses a little bit of magic it's kind of hard to describe but there's just a little bit it just doesn't feel like it's quite there you don't feel uh connected with him in this moment but that's not to say that the composition doesn't fall uh doesn't come through because Really, he does a great job in the in the composition aspect of translating this idea of Halloween into Christmas. Like he does a very good job of transitioning the listener through those changes between minor and major. It's just his singing doesn't really f- follow through. And to me, it sounds uh, like on uh, the song he sings, like right at the very end. Um, uh, what is the name of the song? I think a uh, poor Jack. I think uh, poor Jack is the name of the song. I think this is where he realizes at the very end of the movie, um, uh, he realizes he has to step in and save Christmas. Like he has a chance to make a difference here at the very end of the movie. He 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 comes to his uh, uh, his realization, um, his his resolution um, as a character. It kind of completes his story arc. So, uh, but the song at the very end, like it just sounds very self indulgent. It doesn't feel like. It's very necessary. I feel like it's just like Danny Elfman, you know, kind of trying to show off his his technical vocal prowess. That's how it comes off to me. Um, and same thing with uh, what's this a little bit is that he tries, I think, a little bit too hard um, to be maybe uh, maybe to be a little bit too virtuosic with it. Um, it just doesn't sound like he's really into the character. It just sounds like. Uh, I'm here. I'm listening to Danny Elfman sing, and I'm just happening, and I just happen to be watching Jack Skellington sing at the same time, moving his mouth. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just to me it sounds like a little self-indulgent, just trying to be really um, technical with it, um, and not as expressive. But he's super expressive in uh, Jack's Lament, which is uh, what I what I don't understand, and and in most of the songs in the movie. So, yeah. So, um, but he, in terms of the composition. He does a really nice job of taking you through uh, these like transformations of of the the ha- the darker Halloween image to the brighter Christmas and then back again. So um, there's this really great flow, and on two and those two songs in particular that I feel uh, really accomplish this are uh, the the uh, the the really quick town meeting song that he has when he first. Um, introduces Christmas back to his his native Halloween town, and then um, and then also making Christmas the the song where um, the the whole Halloween town you know puts their version of Christmas together. If you've ever seen the movie, if you've ever seen the movie, it's pretty hilarious. Um, the the Halloween uh, person, the the scary concept of Christmas, I guess. Um, but the music is just so the music is so fluent in in. Uh, comparing these these drastic changes of tone and texture okay so in the town meeting song this is a very interesting thing um so when uh jack skellington is at the very beginning of the song and he's explaining christmas and he's you know when he's describing uh seeing it for the first time he starts out like in that very minor again a very dark tone and a very straight um tempo uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very straightforward. It's like a solid four, four time, um, like just a solid quarter note beat. But then when he's kind of explaining Christmas and he, he brings out the, uh, the box to, to share. And then, so he starts sharing all the, the, uh, Christmas stuff with the, with the rest of the townspeople, uh, or creatures or whatever. 
Um, so he's he's explaining the concept of the of the box, like just a present. It's like just supposed to be a just a a nice gift. Um, and then you know, like the Christmas tree and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, the music gets a, a like very bouncy. It it moves into like a um, an eighth note pulse, like a like a six eight time. And the pace quickens a little bit, so there's this interesting, uh, there's this interesting tra- uh, change of tempo that happens. So between when he starts out and he's like in his, um, you know, his his Halloween, his evil, you know, dark, maybe not evil, but just a dark mindset. But then when he, you know, starts explaining Christmas, he he uh, and his voice, uh, uh, Danny Elfman, his singing voice just kind of goes up in the register. Um, and it just, it just feels very lifted. Like when, uh, so as he's kind of singing about, as he's starting to sing more about Christmas, he gets a lighter tone and everything just feels really bouncy and uplifted. But then when, you know, and then he tries to like hammer home the point of Christmas by talking about Santa Claus and how he's, you know, like a, a tyrant or something, you know, and like, he's the ruler of Christmas, you know, um, he gets he goes back to his very dark tone to kind of hammer home the point like oh uh, San- santa is so deliciously evil you know <laughs> um it sounded kind of like Stewie griffin there i guess um uh, how deliciously evil no but um but yeah it's but basically that's what's happening is so like when he you know he's trying to convince them that oh yeah christmas is you know uh you know has this ruler you know and he's and so that dark tone comes back and it shifts back to uh like a straight tempo like a very uh a, a marked like quarter note tempo a little bit slower um and it just seems to kind of like kind of drag or it kind of trudges through it a little bit it's like it kind of bogs down uh not not necessarily in a bad in a in an uninteresting like a bad way but but it, like in a very effective way like it goes back to that very um that very minor tone again and so like that just in that short that just in that short little song that's kind of almost kind of he kind of recites some of his lines too a little bit it's not quite it's not sung all the way through but there's still like some other things happening in the music that change to reflect uh you know this i this concept of halloween and christmas and how you know he's trying to make christmas sound like it's very you know uh uh, he, he tries to make christmas sound very convincing to these halloween these very uh these spooky um, creatures and all that stuff. These these townspeople. Um, okay, and then so when you get to the actual uh, making Christmas song uh, that happens a little bit later. So the the Halloween Town is getting ready for Christmas, and what's funny is they've they've kind of juxtaposed the two, like the Christmas Town getting ready for Christmas and the Halloween Town, and they're different versions of christmas that they're creating you know and and the 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 halloween version is just very creepy and very unsettling um and it's just really funny how uh they 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 jump back and forth between these two versions of christmas so uh it's really clever how um as they're switching back and forth the instruments kind of change too uh to reflect the situation and it uh you know in the christmas when it shows the christmas town getting ready it's very light uh there's sleigh bells. You can hear sleigh bells. But then you've got the Halloween version, you know, and they're they're making it, you know, as creepy as possible because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. 
very ominous. Like, it still has that very ominous tone, even though it's supposed to be kind of, you know, cheerful. Like, so, like, you get that contrast going back and forth how this is not going to turn out the way way they think it's going to turn out and the way that Jack Skellington imagines it or sees it for himself. So... You just have this really f- this this juxtaposition, this jumping back and forth between two versions of the same thing is just really clever, um, and it's really it all comes down to what we I think we've talked about before in uh, previous episodes is just you know scoring to picture, uh, and you know it's just certain uh, just using certain instruments like just that's uh, like a really simple thing, but it, it really, it makes a huge difference when it comes to making the mu- just those logical choices, um, in terms of instrumentation. That's how you get you, it, you without the audience even really realizing it, you've created these textures and these ideas in their minds. Like just like the music is sort of guiding you and it's helping you to <laughs> like to, to drive its point home that this is, uh, uh, and it's funny, like it's just supposed to be really funny. So, but it's those kinds of things, and there's like definitely a major progression uh, in the the making Christmas song, uh, almost exactly like uh, in the the town meeting song. How you've got like it starts very dark, and then there's like Christmas elements kind of thrown in the middle. It's very light, and then it goes back to and then there's a big grand finale uh, where you know making Christmas is like. It's just very, it's almost like cataclysmic how it, you know, it's just so, you know, boisterous and loud at the end. And it's like, yay, we're making Christmas. But it's, it's, uh, their idea of it is just so messed up. It's just, it's so wrong. Um, so, but that music really helps. And so it goes back to that really dark, to that darkness again, even though it's about Christmas, it's supposed to be happy. So you've, again, in both songs, you've got a similar, um, flow. You've got like, um, You've just got a, a, a similar uh, shape to the song happening, uh, like a similar form and all that stuff. So uh, it's just really it's really interesting how both of those songs kind of share the same concept. Um, and I feel like in terms of the story, those two songs are are very related. Like the, like they they directly link to each other. You've got explaining Christmas, and then you've got actually making Christmas. And like those songs follow the same format. So like if you've got a good blueprint, why change it? You know. So. Uh, that's what Danny Elfman does there, and it's just really smart. He really stays with the same concept, and so you've got this very effective contrast between uh, Halloween and Christmas that way. It's just very good. And now I just want to conclude by saying that uh, I, since I still have not seen the movie, but I've listened to the whole soundtrack, and uh, I've kind of taken notes on everything that I've heard, and uh, really, the one thing that comes that it all comes down to is with this music, it's such a good soundtrack because it, I know what the movie is pretty much about just from listening to the music. I haven't seen the movie all the way through, and and yes, I have seen. I I watched some YouTube clips of the movie because you know why why not why ignore those resources when they're available to you? I guess. Um, so like I have seen visually some parts but i have not seen the movie the whole movie all the way through in one sitting um i've just seen the musical numbers but still the musical numbers are are very effective in you know guiding you through this story and that's really what you want is you want a complete just with the music you want a complete idea and then the movie sort of you know goes with it you know you've got this full um complete piece of work altogether um, but the music itself should really hold up, and and it really does. 
uh, it holds up throughout this movie, but it also holds up well in terms of, you know, the years that it's existed, like it, for all this time that's been out. Um, it's probably not as uh, widely popular as it was uh, when it first uh, came out, but you still just, you've got this uh, this neat uh, concept of Halloween and Christmas kind of together in one movie that, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, come back to like they it it sticks in people's minds it's just very good music even if and and the music's not necessarily simple either it's not totally um uh it's catchy music without being like uh you know kind of uh uh what's the word i'm looking for kind of primitive i guess that may, that might be the word uh it's like there's some there's some complexity to it and and uh uh there's just you know some really clever writing that that keeps you engaged it's very engaging even if it's not um totally understandable um by like kind of the untrained ear i guess so really it's just a great movie uh great music it's it's very memorable um and there's just great techniques th- used throughout that just that make it a complete story and uh, I just can't wait. I, at some point, I'm gonna have to watch the whole movie. I can't. I can't wait to just sit down and watch the whole movie if I can get my hands on a copy. So uh, yeah, that's what I think about the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, uh, great movie, and Danny Elfman does a great job. All right, so at this time, I'm going to bring in a special guest once again, and uh, it's someone, this this episode is someone you've already heard before, but <laughs> he's back and badder than ever. Yes, I am bad. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's Jonathan Zimney. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you. Um, anything anything exciting happened since last time you are here, or uh, just kind of doing the school just thing? Just life. Life yeah. is happening. Yeah, just... Uh, just uh, working on his master's at uh, CU Boulder, and yep. so I mean, yeah, just good stuff. Working on the grind right now. Yeah, just it's trying to grind through it. Um, but thanks for taking some time and coming back down and yeah. doing some more podcasting with yeah, me. Yeah, these are fun. fun. These are fun. Cool. Um, so I think today, yeah, um, uh, this this episode, a whole. I'm not a very. I'm not an expert on uh, <laughs> like horror movies, and like I don't. I haven't seen a lot of horror movies. And uh, so, uh, therefore, I don't know a lot of the music from it. Uh, I try my best just to kind of, you know, test the waters and, and mm-hmm. see. Um, it's very interesting, certainly, uh, very interesting music. But uh, I had to I had to enlist John's help again just to kind of go over, like, because he's a more of a movie buff than I am. So uh, it's good to have you here and kind of talking about it. This is another thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about either. Like, yeah. we, we haven't talked about Disney a whole lot, and then uh, now, like, uh, scary movies and Halloween related. I said like scary movies, but also like Halloween yeah. too. So cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I honestly have just been getting into uh, scary movies. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've just started to kind of seek them out and figure out what's good, what's not. Cool. cool. And I think some of my favorite scary movies are less like horror and more uh, suspense and thriller, like The yeah, Shining, yeah, for that sure. kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh, those are what those are the kind of movies I like. But uh, listening to some horror and scary movie soundtracks, it's interesting because when you're, I'm I'm assuming when you're writing those, you have to kind of think differently than you would for a normal movie because 
there's a lot of time where you're supposed to be scared in the movie. Right. And yeah. if you have some rolling score, it's going to kind of take away from everything. So there's a lot of sparse writing, I think. Yeah, it has to be very precise. It has yeah. to be very exact. And, yeah, yeah sure. and kind of synced up with the movie. If there's some scare that happens here, there's got to be some quick thing or something like that. Yeah. But uh, So I mainly looked at some like theme songs. Oh, okay. Um, so I have a couple that, that that's I That's probably a good mention. way to, to go about it. Yeah, because... Um, Honestly, I mean, I don't think the scores are all that interesting for a lot of horror movies because the focus is on being scared. And right. The music, I think, could kind of get in the way of that. Yeah, for but, sure. But um, the first one I wanted to talk about was uh, The Exorcist. Oh, really? Song. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, have you ever heard it? No. <laughs> To be honest, I've never seen The Exorcist. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we're going to be in the same boat a yeah. lot on this. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I was just looking up different movie soundtracks, and I went to the most famous ones. I should probably get around to seeing. You it. did your research. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I did no research for this. That's so. that's fine. <laughs> I'm winging it, man. I didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> okay, you're the uh, student, not me. So. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it's really it's interesting. It just starts out with piano, and a lot of these are like start out with just kind of like minor kind of scary little yeah little like, uh little riff almost and then it just kind of this one just kind of keeps building and i feel like that's sort of what the exorcist does from what i've understood it just kind of starts okay. off with you know like weird things start happening and then like the weird keeps yeah it just builds yeah builds it's all and builds. about like the like suspense man that's right you know yeah building suspense that's and that's it. what the uh the sound the the theme song kind of does it kind of starts out just piano right okay and then it kind of builds up. So I, th- I thought that was pretty, pretty nice. cool. Um, another one I want to talk about was a movie called It Follows. Uh, it's a newer movie, but it's kind of done in a retro thing, retro style. Uh, and the, uh, the composer actually did a lot of video game music. Really? So there's a lot oh, of, that's like, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of like synth stuff in it. It's, uh, it's very weird. It's about, the movie's about this like entity that follows people around based on like and it's transferred from person to person through uh intercourse. So like uh, if I have sex with oh someone and it was following me, now it's going to follow them. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But but it's the the theme song's very like synthy kind of 80s. Oh okay. It's really cool. Um a good good movie if you want to check it out. Is it a recent but, movie? It's not a recent yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a recent movie. Oh it is. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like old. going a little bit retro with the Yeah. And with like the video game kind of retro synth kind okay. of stuff. I see. It's really cool too. Nice. Um and uh, and with that retro theme, uh, have you ever seen Gremlins? Uh, no, I haven't seen Gremlins, <laughs> but I've, I've a, I know the movie. Like yeah. I just I haven't actually watched. That's it's another kind of like hybrid horror, right? Comedy like kind of comedy. Thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of goofy, but it's also kind of violent. And yeah. that's the theme song is kind of like that too. It's kind yeah. of like like a demented clown that's smiling at you. It's like <laughs> you're supposed to be funny, but you're creeping me out. <laughs> that's the whole okay. vibe that it kind of gives me. Um. Uh, and then two more things. Two one more movie, and then one TV show I want to talk about. But I think one that we can all sing right now is the Jaws theme song. Oh yeah, da, yeah, da, da, of course. Da, da. It, I mean, it's iconic. That I do know. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, that two note. Yeah, those two notes. I know. I know <laughs> you, that. You know that one? It's <laughs> pretty obscure. But yeah. uh, yeah, and it, the, again, it just kind of mirrors the whole thing. It's sparse. You don't really see the shark a lot exactly. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of ramps up and builds up. So you can, all these Maybe I wonder if that's where I came from cuz Jaws was like what year was Jaws? Late 70s. Late 70s. Kind of near Star Wars. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but that's probably where it kind of started was with these, you know. Yeah. I these mean, ideas. Jaws is like the first big blockbuster Horror, period. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so definitely very successful. So that's probably, yeah, I'm sure John Williams has been the inspiration for the countless composers across like every genre. So like yeah. there's, there's something you could take from John Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, of course he, he took a lot of stuff from composers before him, even like Holst and all mm-hmm. those people. So, but like Wagner. he, yeah, yeah. But you could still like, uh, those ideas that he, used, like th- that's the cool thing about music and being a composer. Uh, like you just take these things, y- y- these ideas through different phases. Like yeah. it's, Kind of like it's kind of an obscure reference, but almost kind of like just the state of of like energy, like you know how energy can't be created or destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, it just transfers. Like right. it's basically kind of it, it like a musical transfer is what's going yeah. on. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you kind of are mirroring what's happening on right. the screen. Yeah, and you kind of develop your own ideas that are parallel to what the movie's right. trying to do. So it's like yeah, and it depends on the movie too. Exactly. Right. So it's like and you end up with like totally different stuff maybe if you mm-hmm. have the same kind of idea yeah. for sure so i yeah i, like I just that. thought it was interesting how definitely yeah horror movie I'm glad soundtracks you didn't, i'm glad you didn't mention jaws because i was i was about i was thinking of mentioning jaws <laughs> so i was like well yeah, yeah. i'm glad you did yeah, yeah. it's suspense yeah suspenseful suspense suspenseful yeah i just thought it was so cool how all these kind of horror movie themes sort of really set up the mood very simple I wonder if most, it seems like a lot of composers, if they're not piano players, at least can play piano decently. So that's probably why, like going back to the first one you talked about, like starting with like simple piano stuff, that's Mm -hmm. probably just, you know, plinking around on the piano and, you know, you come up with with an idea and then Mm -hmm. why not use the piano, you know, as your main focus of that idea. The other interesting thing is a lot of them, a lot of these uh, themes are are scary, like they give you kind of a uneasy vibe. But they've all they're also kind of a uh, whimsical, like you you like mis, uh, mystical kind of. They have that element in there too, because a lot of these things are mysteries. Like yeah, where did this thing come from? How are we going to destroy it? So it's it's got that element of like horror in, horror vibe in the music, but it also has this kind of mystical like. Right. In- intrigue kind of. Yeah. Which is cool. I love that mix up. Just right. kind of uneasy, but you want to know where it's going to go. Right. And some some it. are like completely the opposite even, you know, you've got stuff that just like sounds really eerie all the time. It's right. really cool. There's there's some uh like there's a lot of software out there now like sound libraries that uh basically just are like they're called like rises, I think, right? Uh like those those string, those eerie strings that mm. kind of, you yeah. know, like go ee- you know, yeah, and uh, those you know those whooshy things that happen at, like leading up to like a, a dramatic moment, like a dramatic hit. Yeah, um, yeah, those are called like rises, and they make software just purely like there's like just a a box like a collection of rises that these people <laughs> make and like you know that are perfect for use in like cinematic. Uh, it, it, for perfect for like movies, especially thrillers and stuff like that. Yeah, like they just have a whole di- like there's tons of combinations of of different rises that you can use that just they they all do basically the same thing, but they they sound so different. Like you get different sounds basically mm-hmm. 
you, there's different types of drama. Like there's not just one type of drama, you know. So right. it's like it's crazy what these these software engineers they what they come up with, and they're also musicians too, probably. And they just you know, uh, they create these amazing things that mm-hmm. like just totally like that the the any composer can get their hands on now. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. So next time you go to a movie, like chances are. A lot of a lot of major like blockbuster movies are done like virtual instruments now. They're done with virtual instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, even like uh, I think uh, I know it's not uh, uh, horror or Halloween related, but uh, uh, what of what was it? Spectre, uh, the the latest James Bond movie. I'm pretty sure like all those strings were done. Oh, I wow. can't remember what strings string library they were done with. It may have been done by Spectrasonic or. or uh, I can't remember uh, which company, like they used, but I think they use virtual strings, and then they get like solo instruments. I think sometimes they'll hire maybe like a few like real soloists mm-hmm. to get like a certain, you know, expression out of it, like you know, to make to give it some authenticity. But I think like in terms of like, I I just don't think Hollywood and those those guys are like actually paying a lot of money for for live musicians, which is really sad, by the way. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of the way it is now. Like you kind of save money in the music department by, you know, and so like they don't have to get like a 60 piece orchestra. Right. Which is why it's cool. Guys like Seth MacFarlane do enjoy, like they, they actually try to get like a a full orchestra. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Of having a full orchestra is like having a, your favorite album on vinyl now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's hip to do and it sounds better, but most (laughs) people are going to go for the business savvy route. Yeah. They're going to go with the, the, either the cheaper option or whatever, Mm -hmm. but totally. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. I like, that's a good list. Uh, yeah. Some good, I had, um, one thing I wanted to, uh, say you, you were talking about like those, those rises, like you're talking about like some high string stuff, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, Psycho was another one. Oh yeah, right. that had and that, a lot of rumbling, like drums rumbling. Yeah, like, and like the of... really high strings, like yeah, kind of like mimicking like a stabbing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, Psycho was a huge uh, influence on the horror genre, right. For that kind of stuff, because it's just so unsettling and screechy and yeah. it just feels like you're getting stabbed in the ears. Right. <laughs> you get a lot of like those rises, you get a lot of the highs and the lows. You get the high strings but then you get yeah. this you know like, yeah. like leading up to that uh, that kind of weird stuff. Yeah, leading up to that that big the big action, mm-hmm. like the big climax of the scene or whatever. Yeah. Um it's cool. It's really cool stuff. Like it's really fascinating like what how far like digital like music technology has come. Yeah. It's come a long way. But, you know, there's no, seriously, there's no replacement for live musicians. Like, you could argue all day the other way, but yeah, you got to have me, real musicians yeah. somewhere. I feel like it, those things are a good placeholder. Right. If you don't, if you don't have time or money, but. Yeah. Yeah, if you can afford musicians. it. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, should I share some of my, uh, my, my favorite, I, I kind of picked, like, favorite individual, uh, like, actual songs rather than okay. uh like like cinematic themes i kind of went in a a little bit different direction okay. um because uh, you know i'm so well versed in in the <laughs> the horror genre <laughs> got to start somewhere i got well okay so obviously like like ghostbusters is a pretty iconic halloween yeah. theme so <laughs> i feel like that has to be mentioned at least at some point yeah um i i don't know what's so great 
about it. It's just like, I think there's lots of great, it's so 80s, first of all. Like, it's just, which is great. Yeah. But it's like, there's great, like, um, obviously, like, lyrics are great, all that stuff. But what I think is great about it is, like, the electric guitar. There's lots of cool, like, electric guitar fills that it makes it really upbeat. Like, it's really, it is kind of creepy. Like, like, it's a creepy movie, you know, in a lot of ways. But it's also... It's a comedy and it's playful a and little it's bit. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's setting but the tone again. But I don't think it's again. cheesy either. Like, no, they no, found well, like the right balance. A little bit, but no. <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah, okay. It's the 80s cheese that is over <laughs> everything cheese. from the 80s. But we all love it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is, you're right. It is a little a little bit cheesy, but um, yeah. So the, there's just cool things like the synth. Uh, okay, the reason why I kind of, I listen to, I like to listen to like the background, the underlying instruments always whenever I'm listening to mm-hmm. a song. Uh, or really whatever catches my attention. But this is how much my musical tastes have changed. Like, I used to listen to songs. I used to never listen to anything with lyrics. Like, it was just really weird. Like, I just, it was something wrong with words. I felt like words and singing got in the way of, like, the the, the instrumentals, which mm-hmm. is what I really wanted to hear. Because that's, growing up, I was, you know, doing drums and trombone. So I didn't really care right. much about singing. And I felt like it got in the way. But... Uh, now I see like there's a ton of value to that, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just back in the, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I just didn't like to listen to that stuff. I list, I used to listen to instrumentals, and then so like on iTunes, this is where Ghostbusters comes in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on iTunes, uh, I happened to find the Ghostbusters soundtrack, and they actually so like what do I do if I, if I don't like the lyrics but I like the song, like I like the groove and everything. They had like an instrumental version. Oh wow! Like, like a karaoke <laughs> version, basically on the soundtrack. Though it's not like mm-hmm. I had to dig to find it. It's just in the. It was just in the iTunes store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I found the the version without lyrics. So I just bought the nice. <laughs> I just bought the Ghostbusters <laughs> theme without the words, which is the words are the most important part of it. <laughs> that's Who are you gonna song. call? <laughs> so, I don't know. No one's telling no, me anything. No one's telling me. <laughs> that's that's awesome. But yeah, I was I was um, similar yeah. cuz I would I would listen to stuff with lyrics, but I my brain wouldn't even process what they were saying. It, right. I yeah. would just listen to the melody and <laughs> 10 months later I'm listening I'm like, "Oh. Oh, he's talking about this during this song." Oh, I didn't even like put that together. I was just yeah. listening to the pure melody and like harmony. Like pitches of it. and yeah. stuff, yeah. Just not not even processing right. the lyrics. I could be singing <laughs> along, not even like thinking about what words I was saying. It's yeah, really for weird. Sure. Music's kind of interesting that way. Yeah. Um, but definitely like there's lots of great things about the Ghostbusters theme. Uh, like there's like, there's this kind of sustained synthesizer part that plays, especially over the actual, who are you going to call a Ghostbusters mm-hmm. part? Um, it's just a very simple synth line that kind of like goes do, do, do something like that. It, but it kind of just cascades over the whole thing. It's just like kind of lays a flat plane for the rest of mm-hmm. everything to kind of go off of. It's just kind of a, it's a very it's a very small thing, but for some reason that little synth line in there is like if there's something interesting about it. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. always kind of it's just one. It's a weird thing, but uh, yeah, the the Ghostbusters theme is just so iconic that like that is that to me is Halloween. Yeah, uh, for how even for how cheesy it is. So there's just so many elements to it, and I feel like the song really reflects the, how dynamic the movie is. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. Um. And then, so, and I was kind of thinking a lot, another thing when I think about Halloween, another, like, a franchise that I think about is Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I really think that, I think it was John Williams uh, in, I think it was the Chamber of Secrets in the second movie, they did the, uh, uh, the double trouble, you know, the 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 yeah. the kids, Boiling the, trouble. The, yeah, the yeah. kids choir. They sing that song basically. So it's the, uh, it's the words are from uh, Macbeth. Yep. The, Macbeth. Yeah. So, but then they, they just put music to it, and I read somewhere. I don't know if it was true or not, but uh, I think they he, John Williams wrote that song like during production because they oh, wanted wow. to have these kids sing this. It must have been like a late addition to the. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the to the uh, production process, so uh, I, I think it's really impressive. Um, like the full thing, I listened to the full version of the song uh, because I think it's for time's sake in the movie. It's cut right. a little short, but uh, it's uh, kind of it's pretty. I, I'm not much for like kids singing like those children choirs, children yeah. voices. Yeah, thanks. Um, small humans, <laughs> small humans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like because their voices are kind of airy, and it just doesn't, you know, it's not very powerful. Mm-hmm. Like you listen to like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, and it's just like so, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, uh, but it's still like really, it's really beautiful. Like John Williams, like really, they painted this picture like with like with existing material. That like mm-hmm. that's always something that I've kind of wanted to do. A lot of composers do do that. They'll, like they'll they'll take poetry or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I think. Uh, what it, what John Williams did with this movie was was really nice and kind of adds an extra di- and that's uh, Harry Potter is not a movie like none of those movies I don't think like the music is really the like, great thematic writing obviously mm-hmm. but uh n- not a franchise where you really would pay attention to the music at any point there's no like musical numbers or anything like that so yeah uh, and then but and obviously jo- just John Williams is great he's not like my my favorite composer of all time, although he is to a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, but he he's great at thematic writing. I always felt he yeah. was great at thematic writing, but not so much just the scoring, just the underscore. Mm-hmm. Although for st- I will say for Star Wars, pretty much everything was great from from yeah. thematics, from from themes to like just general underscore. Because like uh, you know when Luke and and Han Solo are fighting those the Tie Fighters and mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon as they're Trying to fly away. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a family guy in there. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so Double Trouble is a great, like, Harry Potter kind mm-hmm. of a... And I think I they, they sung that. that song for... Because I think they were celebrating Halloween in the movie, weren't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it just totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, now here's a, here's a kind of a... The last two are kind of just way out there, to be honest. But uh, so I, I went with uh, "Brave Little Toaster" for this next song, and there's a song huh. in it. Uh, it's a B movie, I think that's the name of the song. B movie, okay. I, I think. Is Do you it, know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, I think so. The where the so they're like all all the the toaster like uh, they're all captured. All the the appliances mm-hmm. they're all captured, and like they're like there's they end up in the hands of this guy that takes stuff apart and like tries to fix things or put things back mm-hmm. together in weird ways. Uh, so like that, you know, it's kind of like basically, you know, hell for, <laughs> for, for, uh, appliance, home appliances and stuff. So like they're, they get caught in this guy's, you know, somehow this guy, I don't remember this movie even very well, but the, and so they, they, they're, they meet these other appliances and, and devices that have been, you know, like kind of Frankenstein, yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so they sing the song, but it's such a great song, and it opens up with like just 
church organ. That's a great song. And then uh, there's lots of opportunity. It's one of those songs where it's very, you know, it, a lot of what's going on in the movie has to do with like the song. There's a lot of interplay between the animation and the song. Mm-hmm. So like each of the the appliances, like the lamp and the the uh, the vacuum, they all get there. I don't remember. Do they have names in that movie? Do any of the appliances have names? I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I feel movie like in a I want to say their names, but like I like the I just don't remember if they have names. Yeah, I don't know. It's just really weird. Um, it's a it's an obscure. No, because the blanket was just blanket. Blanket, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> <That's what I laughs> thought. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but they all get their their chance to uh, sing. Like they have their own lines, mm-hmm. and they really contribute to what's going on. There's definitely a forward momentum to the like the story. You feel like the plot's moving with it, and mm-hmm. uh, they get their own little soul. And what's really intriguing about the song is the backing, the backup behind them. So like when they sing their individual parts that are kind of in like a stop time thing. There's not like a like there's lots of you know, breaks for the, mm-hmm. for the vocalists. But then like the whole orchestra pretty much like follows them rhythmically. So like the, the, the orchestra is playing the same rhythm as what they're singing. Mm-hmm. So like, there's this kind of interesting, um, kind of a background that's going on or like kind of an underneath support that's happening. Right. So the song, like, even though it's just forward momentum for the plot, even though there's kind of stops and starts and all these weird things that happen, uh, you still feel like you're, it's things are moving along and it's just uh one of those parts that you you just really focused on you know it's um it's really cool uh yeah but brave little toaster there's a lot of great music in that uh and i believe actually oh no it's tom i think i had a a a, i got confused in an earlier podcast episode i did about who did mute like the music for these things like david newman i think did the music for the brave little toaster and Thomas Newman, who we just talked about, did Spectre. Okay. Was their uh, brothers or huh. cousins. No, huh. brothers, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> I never remember these things. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, the Newmans are great composers, too. We've talked a, uh, quite a bit about John Williams, but uh, the Newman and Randy Newman, you know, I think they're related. They're oh, wow. Co- cousins. It's quite a family. So, there. yeah, it's <laughs> a big musical family, so. Um, but lots of great music coming. Yeah, and, and so like the the Brave Little Toaster's got a lot of great music in it. But for some reason, it uh, it's a B movie uh, is stands out to me. And then like so like you've got the uh, the creepy organ at the beginning, and then it kind of starts off kind of subtly, and then it just breaks into this huge like oh I remember Frankenstein like uh, something like that. It, it's just really cool once it really gets into the song. Cool. Um, I have to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, and Brave Little Toaster is anything but a. It's like it's not a Halloween movie. It's not a thriller. It's nothing. I remember even close. being scared of it as a kid. Yeah, so. I guess there's some. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I think. But would you really? Oh yeah, because then they like the cars are all getting, uh, you know, compacted at the end. Yeah, it's the, it, yeah, the junkyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, it's, but I wouldn't think as of a it kid, that it way. Was, as a kid, I would I would call it a, like a, a horror movie like, <laughs> when I was like movie. seven. You know, so ho- horror light, like suspense <laughs> yeah. thriller, light. children's horror, <laughs> <Yeah>. new genre. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, we should tap into that. There that you go. <laughs> um, okay, and then this last one is not even really a movie, but it's technically video. So it's okay. a music video. So like, wouldn't thriller <laughs> technically count as like? <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna mention like. We need to talk about a couple of just Halloween songs. Yeah. Like Superstition, Thriller, just kind of stuff that was written with Halloween in mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
but yeah, Thriller's great. That's 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 like that's quintessential. It's Halloween. like a, yeah, it's a, they use it for freaking commercials for yeah. everything like around this time, you know. Yeah. Um, it's uh, what can you say about <laughs> Thriller except that it's a really good song. Like it the dancing, makes everything. Yeah. Like the everything about it's it campy. is just like yeah. Uh, but then it's like obviously they go all out on it too because like you've got like sound effects and you've got uh, mm. uh. You know, and then you've like got the voice line, at the end. Yeah, yeah it's like it tells a story, which is what a music video really should be. I feel right. like music videos most of the time have no point anymore. Some still do. Yeah. Uh, like the uh, Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars, I felt I felt like was a really, like a great yeah. music video. Like, yeah, that was Really good. well done. Uh, but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Thriller, like everything was was just great. What's the, the my favorite part is like when the, the, uh, what does he say? Uh, w- like, and you get like the the wa- the wild animal sound, like the the wah thing in the, in the background. Like, what, what's the lyric? Part. What's the line that he says over that part? Um, beasts closing in on every side, or something like. Oh yeah. Why, why don't like I know? That. I can't. In my in the moment, my yeah. brain just blanks for some reason. But uh, that's that's my favorite part. Like yeah. just those sound effects like yeah. that. And I liked the uh, door oh. slam. <clears throat> yeah, that one totally. And that's something that you don't have to watch the 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 video mm-hmm. to yeah. even understand. Like you, you, the music is all that you need to hear. But the video just—that's why the Elevated. dancing's so great. Because like yeah. that's where that's the important thing. Because you've got the song now. You like you need some visual thing, mm-hmm. you know. And the costumes, obviously, all that stuff's great. So um, definitely, like you can't talk about Halloween without you know. Like Thriller is. I think it's it's also the like the most downloaded song. Uh, yeah, of all time. Surprised. Well, that album, that whole album was, uh, I think, yeah, like it, the is still the best. Sell- Thriller is the best selling uh, album. Yeah, I because especially because it did really well when it was first released. And right. then Michael Jackson died, and everyone bought it again. Yeah, it just exploded. Yeah, um, Michael Jackson didn't explode like the album. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we I don't know. I didn't see a body. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Uh, I'm crazy. Um, yeah, um, but I think that's great. I think we covered like those are like two very interesting like su- like sides of the coin. Like you've got your suspense thriller. I actually this worked out well because we yeah. didn't really plan how this was gonna go. So like yeah, so I, yeah. I think it's perfect that like we kind of covered the suspense thriller and then like some more of the the cheekier stuff i guess yeah. how, how, where, however you want to think about it lighthearted the lighthearted Halloween stuff, stuff yeah. yeah that's kind of the that's the kind of guy i am i can't really it's hard for me to take some of that horror stuff yeah. even though i know it's like totally you know fake or whatever but yeah i yeah i, don't I know. think that's why some, people, a lot of people like it though is because they know it's not real but it's just the the imagery to me still is kind of gross and that's why even the music kind of upsets me a little bit yeah yeah so yeah. It's, it's just different every yeah. like it's definitely a s- specific taste yeah a lot of those soundtracks for those like slasher movies are all just kind of ambiance stuff like yeah, ethereal right. sounds with big loud things when murders happen yeah yeah I, I, I feel like maybe i'm wrong i haven't seen a lot of them but yeah there was one other thing i wanted to talk about um, yeah for sure do you have netflix I do have Netflix. I have know what that seen, is. Have you <laughs> have you seen Stranger Things yet? No. <laughs> it is very good. Oh, okay. It's it's uh right. it's sort of like it reminds me a lot of uh ET kind of. It's got the same sort of vibe and uh just like kids going on an adventure to mm-hmm. try to figure this mystery out and the the 
the title sequence is amazing. It's like a minute long, but it's just this like 80s synth. Oh, cool. And it's like, it's just like, yeah. it gets you in there like, oh my God, let's go figure out what the hell is going There's on. There's a definite like motif. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, So I just wanted to mention that. I thought that cool. was really well done intro. Cool. Yeah. Um, A lot of great, a lot of great different things. Like, like again, like we talked about, like similar ideas, but like used uh, yeah. in different ways, and you you come out with some really cool stuff. Because I think even like horror movie, like music, to some degree, like definitely has merit. Oh yeah, you know, it's in, yeah. It's... I think even more so today though, because like, well, it was was is it like more of a serious deal now to like go to to see a like a a scary movie, or is was it like more of a thing back in the day? I feel like I back feel in like the day it's... it was it's... like. Be, based on production value, it was more more for fun, I guess. But now it's like the you really go to the movies to get freaked out. Now I feel like so I think the music has really had to step it up to really fit what's going on. So mm-hmm. yeah, horror I don't. Music. I honestly don't know because it's a weird a weird genre. Yeah, to me definitely. It's just yeah. So I'll have to do some more uh, yeah checking out of all that stuff. But yeah, for sure. I think the main thing I took away from just kind of looking through all this stuff is just the way that the composer sets up the tone for yeah. the movie and just kind of like very first thing you kind of hear in the music is like this is what to expect throughout the movie in song. Yeah. Kind of in, so that definitely. was cool. Well, that was good. Yeah, I think uh, you definitely covered a lot of ground on something yeah. that neither of one of us are <laughs> like <laughs> super experts in. Yeah. So, um well, it's up to the it's up to the listeners, I guess, to decide that. I'll yeah. probably get some hate mail later. But... We'll we'll do another one next year. Yeah, and we'll watch some movies. Right, and then we'll, <laughs> it'll be it'll be better. We'll do a riff track on this one. Like, wow, we were dumb. <laughs> the like four voices going at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that won't be confusing. <laughs> okay, well, man, John, thanks so much. Uh, uh, I look forward to having you on. We're definitely going to be doing some James Bond. I think uh, ah, yes, fairly soon. We we have some stories to tell you about. We are quite James knowledgeable Bond. on that, that we subject. Do know. We do know James Bond, so uh, that will definitely yeah. be a thing. Tune in for that. That's a good one. Yeah, so that'll be hopefully sooner than later, next couple of episodes probably. Cool. I think so. Well, John, man, take care. Thanks for for joining me again, and uh, look forward to having you on again uh, the next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. All right, my lovelies, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Uh, I'm Zach Demas, and this has been The Soundtrack. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and uh, you want to hear more, please subscribe uh, via iTunes. Thanks so much to the people that have already subscribed. Um, And these episodes are also on my website, www.mutecitymusic.com, as well as some other cool stuff. Um, So uh, go ahead and check that out. Uh, And I'd also like to remind you that I'm on Patreon. Uh, www.patreon.com slash ZD underscore MCM. Uh, all those letters are in caps. Uh, yeah, great rewards and stuff on there for anyone uh, willing to contribute uh, to these podcasts, to the creation of these podcast episodes. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, be sure to join me next time. Uh, I'll be doing another holiday-themed episode. Uh, I'll be doing some. I'll be talking about some Christmas music in movies and TV and whatever I can find. So uh, I think I'll just kind of wrap it all up into one episode. I really got uh, into the into the spirit of the holidays by doing this Halloween episode. So uh, that will be uh, next time. So okay, guys, uh, that's it for this episode. I'm Zach, and I will uh, catch you guys next time. Have a happy Halloween. Peace.